0: Hi, welcome to What Chance? I'm your host, Karin Elias. This podcast is about people who have been to prison. It's about their life before and after prison. I talk to educators, social workers, activists, and the formerly incarcerated. I want to find out what happened. Are some people at higher risk? going to prison? And what is it like to reintegrate into society? What does the justice system and society really care about? Punishment or rehabilitation? Come, join me. I'm part of a marginalized group, women. Yes, in 2020, women are still fighting for equality. There are areas in this world where women cannot leave the house without a male companion on their side. They cannot go to the market to buy food on their own. They cannot drive a car, own property, or decide who they want to marry. If they separate from their husband, they lose their children. If the husband dies, They are thrown into poverty because they are not allowed to have a job. And then there is genital mutilation. A very risky procedure that affects their health and robs them of their sexual pleasure. I grew up in Austria and fortunately did not have to deal with these things. But in high school I got the message that girls can't do science. Women who had jobs were helping out. They were not the main breadwinners, and they were never meant to be. Once women became mothers, and it was definitely their destiny and desire to have children, they were expected to either stay home and take care of the children, or keep the job and do all the housework too. As long as they were holding it all together, it was fine. In the US, the situation was somewhat different for women. There were some anti-discrimination laws and sexual harassment protection in the workplace. And living here, I discovered an advantage. I am white. I suddenly had power. Men were still more privileged than me, but there were people of lesser value mainly immigrants from Eastern European countries, the Middle East, and generally all people of color. Nothing had changed about me. All I did was change location, and my status changed. So what is the real value of a person, and where does it come from? Does it depend on citizenship, culture, where we come from, Our gender, our education, the kind of job we have? Or do we all have the same value human being? I was fascinated by New York. I arrived in 1990 in October. The weather was still warm, the city was bustling with people, there was so much energy and so much diversity. I was excited. I would see black people, Chinese people, people from India, Japan, Mexico, Jewish men with head coverings, people with all kinds of interesting hairstyles, turbans, African clothes. This was the melting pot I was looking for. New York had all these different neighborhoods full of food and culture. Little Italy, Chinatown, Arthur Avenue, the Bronx. Orthodox Jewish communities, Indian fabric stores on Flatbush Avenue in Brooklyn, Polish food stores that reminded me of home. I felt I had arrived in a place where people could come from all areas of the planet and build a life while living together with each other, a country of immigrants. Of course, it all happened on the soil of indigenous people, and they were nowhere to be seen. Some of the street names and town names in New York referred back to the tribe that had once lived here in freedom. Now freedom was for others. Over time, I got to peek behind the curtains, see behind the facade. There were neighborhoods in New York City where I was warned not to go as a white person. These neighborhoods were deemed dangerous, run down, full of crime and poverty. They were mostly inhabited by black people. In the news, there were stories about people arrested for drug dealing, teenagers tried as adults in a court of law, students expelled from school for unacceptable behavior. Most of them were black people. Rap music was blasting from radios, shocking white people. Black basketball players were admired by everyone. Baseball was a game that seemed to never end. Football was a pile up of bodies and the ball was never hit by a foot. European football was called soccer, even though the ball was hit by a foot. It was a little confusing. And the different neighborhoods stayed separate. People were not really mixing with other cultures. Rather, they were looking at each other with suspicious eyes. After living in New York for a few years, studying here, making friends, reading the paper and listening to the news, my picture of America had changed. I lived mostly in white circles, in neighborhoods with mostly white people. My American friends had white friends, I went to parties with white people, I married a white guy, had white children and moved to the white suburbs. Not exactly what I had envisioned when I came across the ocean. Living in Austria, I moved in circles that saw Americans as politically naive, as dominators on the world stage. The U.S. had helped to stop Hitler, but was not opposed to wars in the Middle East for its own financial gain. So I was not totally naive before coming here, but I did think that diversity also meant there was inclusion. I did believe that the civil rights movement accomplished equality for black people who were once enslaved. Over the years... I found out that racism was still very much alive in the U.S. The prisons were full of people of color. They came from underserved neighborhoods. Their access to quality health care and education was very different from that of white people. The country even had to come up with affirmative action to even out the inequalities. I feel that the majority has a responsibility to support the struggle of minorities. I as a white person, who knew that people of color were disadvantaged, couldn't just look away anymore and pretend it didn't happen. I as a humanist, someone who believes in the equal value of all beings, couldn't go on enjoying my privilege when it meant that others were oppressed disadvantaged, and treated unfairly because of the color of their skin. I looked for a way to get involved, and I found the Alternatives to Violence project. AVP is a non-profit organization that started out in prison and later moved into the community. It offers workshops in self-development, building community, and nonviolent conflict resolution. I became a facilitator and started to go into prison to work with inmates. I got to know people I would never have met otherwise. I learned about their lives before prison, the struggles they had endured, the trauma they experienced and the strength they had to turn their lives around. I was impressed by their resilience, the way they looked at their past trying to heal and become more peaceful people. I wanted to tell their stories, let others on the outside know about them. I learned that most Americans have no idea what life in prison is like, how difficult rehabilitation is, how many hurdles there are for returning citizens, even if they have served their time and are completely different people now. So that's how this podcast came to be. It's an attempt to look closer at the societal structure in the U.S. When I first came here, I was told that the U.S. doesn't have a class society by birth. But I ask you, really? It doesn't matter if you're born white, brown, or black in this country? Your parents' education doesn't further you or might hinder your own? You get the same quality health care no matter where you live in this country, no matter what income level you have, if you're rich or poor. As a woman, you can give birth safely, meaning survive it and enjoy your healthy baby, no matter what the color of your skin or the money in your pocket. There are homeless families in this country who have jobs, children, children are going hungry in the richest country on earth. Please tell me that you think this is not okay. The society we live in today was created some time ago. It was meant to serve the interests of a certain group. It was never meant to give equal opportunity and rights to all. But it's 2020 now. We have woken up. We have seen injustice and inequality come to the surface, especially in the past few months since a pandemic hit the whole world. Each of us has to decide how we are going to live with this knowledge. How are we going to get involved? What is our vision for the future? What are we going to teach the next generation's about human values. In the following episodes, I want to take a closer look at the lives of people who have been incarcerated. I want to show you where they came from, how they grew up, what struggles they had, and how they dealt with what life has served them. I hope you will listen and share your thoughts. After all, we co-inhabit this earth. What affects others affects all of us at some point. What Chance is created in New York with cover art by Hernan Braberman and original music by Max Elias.